When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are you chat about? What are you chat about? What are you chat, chat, chat about? I am Robert Rinder. Uh, now, I used to um, do international legal cases, defending and prosecuting, mm-hmm. um, and wear a wig for work. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for the law, just to be clear. And then a strange series of unusual events after, in fact, I had the enormous game-changing privilege of meeting you in peculiar Mm. circumstances and coming across your work when I was doing international law. I ended up in television. Mm -hmm. And some people now know me as Judge Rinder, Mm -hmm. where I do a daytime program arbitrating over a range of disputes Mm -hmm. um, from extremely serious um, to cases involving... um, I'm not sure what time of day your podcast is on, but (laughs) shitting goats and... People oh. that end up in lime, well, in lime green mankinis, mm-hmm. um, losing bets with their friends. Yeah. Um, all of which your listeners may or may not be aware of. All of the cases are totally authentic. Mm-hmm. And in addition to right. that, um, in broadcasting over the last over half a decade now, I've uh, been able to do a number of other things. I make a chat show on Channel 4 mm-hmm. and on BBC I make documentaries chiefly mm-hmm. about history, the past, memory and the Holocaust. Wow. Um, so, so so that's what I do. But most people know me as Judge Rinder. And when right. they stop me in the street yeah. and I have the gift and privilege of being asked for a selfie, and mm-hmm. I emphasise that because anybody in the public eye that complains about it should uh, get a real job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you get positively to change happily the chemistry of someone's day just by smiling for the camera. Amazing. When people do that, they're always polite because yeah. they think I can send them to prison. Right. I don't know why. I think it's the Judge Rinder thing, Robbie. <laughs> it's obviously working. Yeah, it's working. There you are. Yeah. So that's what I do. Wow. Um, I also write a couple of columns. Okay. Um, one where I answer as many legal questions as I can for mm-hmm. people that don't have access to legal aid. Yeah. Which, just to be clear, is everybody. Yeah. Um, which is a both a tragic thing and a pretty frightening thing, and mm-hmm. it's becoming more frightening. Right. And in the Evening Standard, I write about culture and class and basically things I love and like um generally about me it's not just because of my narcissistic personality disorder um although that's getting far worse especially as I spent all this time in covid lockdown right but also because um you know I'm sort of finding you know myself increasingly fascinating as I get older and that's good right so last week I wrote about why I'm so useless at dating for example I write about culture come on that's that's gotta be a good one come on tell us why are you not so good at dating (sighs) well the difficulty is and I don't believe that no, no, you're always fun when we go out. So we uh, have fun, but the the problem is, so you and I can engage because the thing is, you know, first of all, you you are like an exquisite, non-smelly cultural onion, (laughs) you know, layered and fascinating (laughs) and end with endless stripping away, and it never sort of ends. You get to, Uh, and you know, if you if you put. (laughs) 
you know, it, it, you can either end up in tears or oh. it, it, or depending on the sugar that you add to the conversation, oh. it becomes sweet as well. That's very kind. Quite happy with that yeah. uh, little metaphor there. But, but it's good. true with you. But my problem is I've got no... Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, say what you I've want. I've got no bloody small talk, right? Right. Yeah. So years ago, when I was allowed to go on the apps, mm -hmm. you know, obviously now I'm a judge, I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, on Grinder and things like that, not that I was ever on it. Mm -hmm. But... Um, Trinder? Trinder, right. <laughs> There'd always be a... I mean, ostensibly what they were is, I think they call them now hooking up apps, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to engage with somebody not necessarily with their physical form, it's basically four exchanges. And right. then you're, the, you know, the next moment you're wearing the person as a hat. <laughs> I've never had the app kind of dating. No, because you, you like fell in love just <laughs> yeah. in time yes. for all of this. Yes. My problem is with that whole exchange mm -hmm. is love. I've got no freaking small talk. <laughs> so yes, we can have a good time. That's because we get down to it. Yeah. So yeah. I've got no kind yeah. of, how are you? <clears throat> you know, if anybody asks me what my star sign is, you right. know, there, there's no, right. my shoulders don't shrug yeah. high enough. My eyes <laughs> won't roll round enough yeah. to sort of go, I don't care. Yeah. So right. the challenge is that <laughs> in any sort of what you might call shallow interaction, mm. within four exchanges, rather than asking, you know, for a, 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 a rude picture. Yeah. I'm at exchange number three. I'm sorry you had a bad day. Tell me about your childhood pain. Right. Yes. And on Which one we've just been discussing at length, haven't we? <laughs> but on one occasion, this resulted. In fact, I've, I've kept screenshots of them. Fascinated mm -hmm. by this sort of stuff. Um, on one occasion, I ended up filling in somebody's employment appeal tribunal on one of these exchanges. On another occasion, somebody <laughs> came round to my house actually to. You know, this was, I'd say, pre-television days. <laughs> I ended up doing their tax return. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, because I don't have small... They were in crisis. Right. So you wanted to right. I've get got straight no, to the point, get I, to help. I can't have a... Yeah. I'm not great <laughs> at lasting shallow interactions. Yeah. I can, I can pretend them. Yeah. But if they're going to result going, in... Right. You can't... If they're going to manifest in, in a physical form. Yeah. I somehow feel like the experience has cheapened unless I understand who you are or what's going on. I feel that makes sense. Maybe. I think I, so I probably have the privilege of meeting you before you did the television. So I don't have that preconceived idea of seeing True. you from the other side of the screen mm. and making my opinion of you before sure. meeting you, which I'm sure some people that meet you now, yeah, they probably think they have an idea of who you are before they've met you. That's true which I don't think that was, those two things would always meet up. I think you're, like, you're constantly surprising me. And I think I do like even well, so your, you. your knowledge <laughs> mm. of art, for example, is okay. like far superior to mine. But yours. it's not knowledge, it's not superior. Yeah. I, I feel really strongly about this. And mm. You've sort of touched something which really is massively important to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm, it really matters. You know, I grew up in, in Southgate mm -hmm. um, and I've had the, I, I, you know, I delight now in the word privilege. And I think mm -hmm. about it every day and about what it means. You know, it's a word that people want to sort of throw about or desecrate because it's being picked up, you know, by people I think that insincere or haven't consciously thought about what it means. And mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. most important privilege is growing up in a family of unconditional love. Yes. But at the same time, the privileges that were missing mm -hmm. was kind of the cultural richness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mum, who I adore, who you yeah, met. Yeah. You know, I the love first, your mum. Oh, she mom. adores you too. But the first, you yeah. know, book I read, I realised, was um, um, 
uh, uh, Jackie Collins' American Star. Mm-hmm. Well, all I can tell you is the first paragraph of it definitely was um, very shocking. I'm not suggesting I am how I am, but I feel <laughs> sure if I could unread what happened to that poor woman in the first scene, mm. things may have been different. Wow. But the point was, you know, art galleries mm-hmm. and things that were, uh, that, that, that society foisted a cultural value on mm-hmm. weren't within kind of meaningful reach of me. I don't right. people where I'm from don't sound like me. I've mm. cultivated this because... Mm. I don't know why, but I guess mm. some people say I sound like I've mugged a Mitford. <laughs> but part of that was because I was a gay person growing up and yeah. this was a persona that I right. created yes. around internally what was happening. But for me, art mattered. Right. And it still does. And the it's... reason I, I take you up, sorry, mm. it, no, when no, you no, say please. about knowledge, yeah. so I hate that word when it right. comes to art, knowledge. Right. You know, I've got. It's a feeling. Is it uh, an experience? Is it the? It, it, because it presupposes that you need it, right? To love, to experience, to delight in art, to okay. have a reaction that's more valid yeah. than anybody else. I, I feel really passionate about this. Yeah. You know, I come into my house and I've got a piece of yours. My yeah. house was most, which we hopefully we'll talk about, which is yeah. a centerpiece to my home, mm-hmm. and it's in many respects the kind of emotional heart of of my home and um you know sometimes i really i really have people around mainly because mm-hmm. you have to cook and i've got no transferable skills <laughs> i've realized in lockdown you can't cook. i can't do anything love we've talked about this <laughs> whereas in the event of war it's not my like people say what would you do i can't bang in that i've got i'd have to be a hostage <laughs> i've got nothing <laughs> <laughs> but people come you to the house got and I've skills. got you know, pieces over the years <clears throat> I've collected because I love them. Mm-hmm. A Picasso drawing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know, feeling proud of myself. Um, all because I love them. I've got some mm-hmm. other, you know, inverted commas, pieces by um, especially art in the 1920s, which mm-hmm. hopefully we'll come on to and talk about yeah. why I'm passionate about that, especially art in Russia in the 1920s and 30s. But at the centre of it is your piece. I and mean, right. people come around to the house mm-hmm. and I'll say, because I don't have a car, I never mm-hmm. have a car, but you get a little joy out of it. I never have a good watch or whatever, mm-hmm. but the delight in art, wow. the way that it somehow permeates into your space and can happily change the conversation of a day just by being near it. Joyous. Oh, yeah. But you say to someone that comes in, you go, do yeah. you like art? And what happens? Mm-hmm. So they'll go, uh, yes, but I don't know much about it. Right. So As if they're about I to see. sit an exam. Yeah. Oh, right. As if there's a barrier to entry, which is the word knowledge. Yeah, I understand. So when you say no, knowledge, yeah, the reason I, I bristle is you don't need knowledge. <clears throat> if you go into no. an art gallery, yeah. all I ask you to do is look at it yeah. and be honest. Yes. That's yeah. all. Be yeah. authentic. Yeah. Don't say anything that anybody's conscripted you to mm-hmm. think about it because... Mm-hmm. There's some person that looks like they've escaped from Harrods Food Hall <laughs> and they look like they're posh, they sound posh, that they know, inverted commas, what right. they're talking about. Yeah. Don't validate your opinion about based on the echo of what they're saying. Right. If you have an opinion and you feel nothing or mm-hmm. you feel a visceral angry reaction mm-hmm. or you think it's crap, mm-hmm. that's valid. And it's Absolutely. not your fault, it's yeah. the artist's. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, I just feel so passionate about this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like, Gallery spaces and art in general, mm-hmm. which the word art, mm. it, it, it feels like in order for you to delight in it, mm-hmm. you have to have 
knowledge mm-hmm. and you the you, one yeah. cultural form <laughs> i started with the wrong word you but it's a good it's you a don't good... need any knowledge yeah you can if yeah. it makes you joyous authentically yeah yeah you know if it that matters it does today um so i have an annual trip out with my father-in-law every year and we normally end up in dover street market it wasn't open this morning so we went for a walk and i said oh the white cube we're in st james's and i said "Uh, the white cube's just here he hadn't seen it we walked in i can't i don't know the artist's name the art was magnificent the scale the color all it was was black yeah large with a gold, what looked like a handprint, yeah, and taken off. Yeah. Stunning. Sounds like I'd hate it, but I need to go and see. It was stunning. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's it's a it's it's strange to think that something so simplistic. Like we were looking at all of the other smaller galleries as we were walking, yeah. but we never had that response. And both of us, we were just like, "It's magnificent," mm. and it was so simple. And then downstairs, there was these line drawings. Mm-hmm. And his name's Chris, my father-in-law. And Chris was saying, look at the shakiness of the line of the hand, how expressive that is. I can really feel the person mm. and the the ink of one line, it's thick, and then it goes thin, and then it goes thick. And he was like, Have you ever used like um a pen with a quill or something where you can turn the nib to the side and you're turning it back again? And it was like it was almost sensual the way he was talking about it. And it was like, and again, it was stepping away. We had no knowledge of the artist. We knew nothing about the artist, but just that fit like, and I haven't been to a gallery mm-hmm. since the beginning of the year. So I'm yeah. talking a good, you know, we're almost, we're in almost October. I haven't been in a gallery since at least February. Mm. And it was amazing. I just, I felt. So what I love about beautiful. that story is that your father-in-law looking at that line, you know, it's not what you thought. Yeah. And of course, the gift of being with him, because mm-hmm. he could translate that enthusiasm oh, to you. It's so beautiful. And it's like somebody, I mean, it's a very dead poet society. Mm-hmm. You know, that moment <laughs> when um, the late Robin Williams, yeah. what was he called? Oh, Captain, My Captain. It's from mm-hmm. the uh, Walt Whitman poem, but I can't remember the name in the actual film. Mm-hmm. He gets all the kids to stand on the chair mm-hmm. and look at the world differently right. from that. And... That's what that's you. It, that's what happens. No, it's what you do and what mm-hmm. artists help us to do. Mm-hmm. But to be with somebody that has that experience of going, yeah. "Hey, mm-hmm. look at that man or woman, mm-hmm. that human being's hand," mm-hmm. and just that relationship with a moment in time of how they've made that mark onto a canvas or onto the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a mark that lasts forever, mm-hmm. and it's technical, and it has muscle memory. And it has, it's a moment in time. Yes. It's amazing. <clears throat> we, we were speaking earlier about the, the presence of a moment being captured in something. So you was describing mm. it in the brick, mm. in the tower. And it's almost like in everything that we all do, like often I've walked along a street and I'll gaze at a tree and I try to go out of the moment and time that I'm in and think, what else has passed here and what memory is still in this moment, but past moments of this moment. And it's like, and I think art photography, there's certain things that it freezes something, but it does capture 
all the moments thereafter. So when you said about the 1920s Russian, mm -hmm. did you say? Yeah, especially art? Russian art, especially I'm, now. But I'm sure it captures moments after the moment of the creation. Is does. that still... That, yeah, that for me is more, I want to come back to what you're just saying because yeah. like, it's important. We, 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 we did have a conversation, you know, before yes. we went on stage. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think you've articulated something that's really important, which I don't think I thought of or can kind of articulate or really express in a way which people understand until they see it. What we're talking about is, um, you know, when you go to the... Uh, Tower of London. I say yes. if you crowd out the flight path mm -hmm. and you can stand there and look at a brick that's been there for 400, 500, 600 years perhaps. And what happens is there's a moment of shared consciousness between you and another human being that would have stood there and seen that. And then the object becomes like a time machine. It's got the imprint, the energy, mm -hmm. as you might say, of human memory. Mm -hmm. And we share that holding hands through the tapestry of time with one another and that's sort of a, that's a certain brand of magic and then the object is transformed and so recently you know i've been making programs and uh, about the holocaust and i made one about my family and i've got a documentary due to come out soon um and just a quick story if i can about the um please i, I went to a woman's house and she was the last eyewitness to um, a massacre that took place in her village uh, in Belarus. And the, the shortened story is our interpreter, mm -hmm. interpreters in who do simultaneous interpretation tend to stop after 40 minutes or so because your brain right. switches off and it right. goes into a new place. Mm -hmm. You're numbly translating words, but you're often disconnected as a translator the, from the actual words. Yeah. Because to do your job adequately, mm -hmm. you know, if you emotionally a certain get amount of concentration, well, sure, but you might muscle have, that's to be sure, but you might have a political opinion about yeah. what's happening, for example. Mm -hmm. So you tend just numbly to translate the words. Mm -hmm. This woman was describing this unspeakable human horror, and the translator almost came back into the room, and I could see what was happening. My Russian's okay enough mm -hmm. to. to to take over. And mm -hmm. I started asking questions because he sort of stopped. Anyway, what she said after the description of this event was that the mound, she said, the mound after these people had been killed and buried, the mound was moving, she said, in Russian for two days. And uh, I thought of those words and they were words to me. And the director of the film, you just made me think of this, director of the um program inspired man an artist mm -hmm. proper artist he um said we're going to go to a soviet memorial of where this event took place and i assumed like lots of soviet memorials it would be a stone monolith and in russian it would say this is the death of soviet citizens and there'd be no other mention specifically of in this case the jews who were murdered in this place and i got there and instead what it was and I hadn't anticipated this, was on the side of an insignificant road in an insignificant town with an insignificant set of insignificant trees was a ring fence about 100 metres in front of me and maybe about three metres wide. And in the centre of this little ring fence 
was topographically the mound. And it had been there for 75 years. Nothing apart from a tiny bit of moss had grown on it. And it's the mound. It's the object. Mm -hmm. Precisely as this woman had described, the mound was moving two days later, she said. And I was standing at it. And I hadn't anticipated my reaction. And it's fascinating because I have a reaction that's on camera and um, it was visceral. Right. And I've watched it back now three times mm -hmm. and I have no memory of being there, of saying the things that I say, looking at that mound, that the dirt, the mound. Wow. I have no memory of it at all. Wow. Um, and 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 it's it's interesting. I mean, from 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 that point of view, mm -hmm. um, you know, like you say, like so so the. I don't want to get sort of into the difference between art I love and don't, mm -hmm. or yeah. art that I that makes me feel mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. But so when you when you talk about having the privilege of being with your father-in-law, yes, because look mm -hmm. at that mm -hmm. at brushstroke. Mm -hmm. This is what it. Does you go? Oh yeah, yeah. that's such a yeah. something. There's, there's this sort of there's a human memory in mm -hmm. objects, in trees, mm -hmm. in things yeah. that have these that have and contain living memories mm. that have the power and capacity to affect us mm -hmm. in ways that when they're real and authentic and have value by value I mean history and intention yeah that can change everything <clears throat> I think. You've just brought like, this literally just came up. Mm. Never thought this ever before. Mm. Do you think a writer that writes books, do you think the reader would read it different if they read their writing versus the typed version of the book? You mean if they read their handwriting? Yeah. That's an interesting question. Does that make sense? No, I do. I do. Does it change the story? I, I, I because don't they know. might have a gap in between a word. It That's might be bigger. It might be. I, 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 never, I never thought of that so until have, you just. I'm always you're careful. talking. I, I, what I, I tend to, I, I always want to uh, put distance between a question like that and ever giving a reactionary answer. It's the type of thing I want to sleep on and then yeah, think about okay, for three weeks. But it's, it just came up from the way that you're talking. One it's just thing, like... I, I don't know if it would. I mean, for example, Toni Morrison mm -hmm. wrote all of her books in longhand okay and she would get up at, at like uh, i've been rereading beloved recently mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if i could say fucking hell but <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> could she write yeah um and any of us watch her interview with charlie rose okay it's unbelievably Look powerful but she got five o'clock in the morning she'd be finished by lunchtime she mm. wrote every single one of her books in longhand wow impact every single one so you can see them and i wonder that the, mm, so mm, because mm. it's my most recent serious novel i've read mm. it's fascinating i thought that well, i'd love to see the, the past yeah. again a slightly different um person totally different on the spectrum nancy mitford mm. whose books love a cold climate and pursuit of love are endlessly funny mm -hmm. she wrote all of her books in longhand um, yeah, Dickens did, of course, too. Right. So, yeah. so you can see. So, I, I, I don't know if that's the case. Mm. What, what 
your question led me to think of mm-hmm. uh, is there is a uh, museum mm-hmm. in Prague called mm-hmm. the Lefkowitz Museum. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, the Lobkowitz. Lobkowitz. Mm-hmm. And the Lobkowitz family would um, basically had all of their uh, property disappropriated, mm-hmm. nicked by the Soviet uh, authorities. And um, what happened was that... Um, they decided this incredibly um, passionate guy. They moved to Canada. They moved back to Prague once the Iron Curtain fell, and they rebuilt the entire museum and all the property that was there. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most popular visited attractions. In fact, it's like TripAdvisor number one in the whole right. of Prague. Right. And amongst the things that they've got, I'm pretty sure it's this: they've got a uh, a Beethoven score. Mm-hmm. With Beethoven's handwriting, mm. and th- th- there's something about that. That's yeah, what it made me think yeah. of. This is this is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. When you look at at, at, at that, you e- think even something that's been corrected because course. that's changed the course of, of that history. moment forever. Mm. It no, could have been a different note, but you can't see that when you see the printed first right well you can see i mean musicians yeah. especially when they look at mm. the um mm-hmm. handwritten notation mm-hmm. i mean there's an absolute sort of magic mm-hmm. there. people think of major documents yeah well you're even in your profession mm. like the legal profession there is the spoken word but mm. you know the the signing of a name or the sure. printing of a like an old like a declaration or a like words and so it's a really important. interesting question, you know, because there is a difference between someone writing and their typing. signature and versus a stamp of their signature. There must be a difference between those. Well, there's two a disconnect. Things. I mean, there's a disconnect between physically typing and pressing a button mm-hmm. and the printing. Mm-hmm. It's a psychological disconnect. I'm going to put it in a really crass and perhaps challenging way between mm-hmm. making the plans to murder somebody mm-hmm. and then building a factory of death. Right. You know, when you shoot somebody in the head. Yeah. Vis-a-vis being the civil servant, that makes the designs for Auschwitz. Right. You're not physically connected to the word in the same way. Yeah. And it's an interesting Mm. thing in this regard. You know, I... um, It's a really interesting thing. When I Mm. first started, Mm. all of the silks I knew, the Mm. senior lawyers... I mean, I would have to. They would write all of their submissions out, and Could I'd have to type their them out. writing. No, so t- I mean, you've got good. One, my mentor in particular, it's like this sort of spider diagram. Eventually, you get used to it. But you know, you think about it, and obviously, I immediately go to the most extreme case. Mm. But just think about not actually doing a stamp. Mm-hmm. You, you think about the judges of the nineteenth um, century and before, mm-hmm. and leading, in fact, up to the you know mid twentieth century. You physically, your hand, physically have to do the work of signing somebody else's death warrant. Mm. Wow. And that's it made me think. That's powerful. What's your. But are they removed from that? Are they just. Are they. Are they oh my God. Now you're over. Well, I mean, you think about it. So, I mean, yeah. the. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting story. You know, yeah. when. Um, um, when Charles I was executed. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the second signatory is or was Oliver Cromwell. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just for your views, it's, it's, it's worth, I'm, I do, I'm doing uh, in lockdown mm-hmm. to save my friends uh, uh, all day uh, e-schooling. Mm-hmm. I've been doing two hours a day of history from Tudors, don't go mad. What are you, is this online? Can we It's It's one-to-one one lessons. I tried okay. to do it in you a group thing. You need to record thing. it. And... No, do me a favor. Come on. No, but I like the one-to-one. It's delightful, but I, mm. I go from um, the uh, uh, Bosworth, so basically Henry Tudor to 1688. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I, I feel all of my friends, as I say this, going, <laughs> don't ask me any questions. It's all right now. And I dress up as um, Anne Boleyn. You dress up as well? Well, let's not go. But I think I look like Anne Boleyn. In, but they mm. say my friends I look like the ugly wife Anne of Cleves but they were um, but in this of course we do the civil war yeah. before 1688 and of course young people love details they like you know horrible histories yeah. and they want to know this stuff and who wrote what and mm-hmm. if you show them things especially people things they'll learn right, so they, much more they just delight in objects you know especially things where you can connect the hand the yes. object to the person yes and so the death warrant which is really interesting of uh, Charles the first um you have to, well, they, Cromwell and the other kind of diehards, had to really persuade other people to sign. In some instances, mm. they physically got their hand. Right. Right. To, to, to sign Because they them. would not. They wouldn't. Of their own free will. Right. And so in they the couldn't. signature, right, you look at Guy Fawkes. I don't know why we've gone here. I just mm. started thinking about it. Mm. But a lot of viewers will, you can go online and see it. You can see his two signatures before and after torture. Oh, my goodness. Right. And so you talk about, you come Who back to the art like, gallery. Yeah, that's, that's... The shaky hand. The shaky hand. And you know, you know when you were saying about, is it good po- the Good Poet Society or the seeing it from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the chair and, and seeing it from a different... Yeah. I will never look at a, um, uh, ink, not like a, just like scroll, but ink on paper, a drawing, I will never look at the line the same again because of an 80 something year old man that I look up to had an observation that he shared with me. Right. And now it's changed the way I look at that thereafter. Forever. Right. Amazing. Like Paul so Nash. simple. Right. So the moment simple. somebody goes, you know, you have the gift, you talk about privilege. It's, yeah. That's a privilege, you see. Yeah. You're with someone on that day that had this genuinely authentic observation yeah. that you authentically agreed with that yeah. you felt. Yeah. That man, because sometimes you also have to be yeah, brave enough to go, it. I don't, yeah. but you have to be brave to yeah. do that. Go, yeah. I don't think Oh, that. I really looked in and I was really right. studying But you it did that, but also yeah. for some people, you have to look in, yeah. but you also have to accept some people, you might have an observation, be feeling that, go, I don't yeah. see that. And, yeah. and I think we need to be part of a conversation of making that more okay. Yes. For people to go, actually, that's not how yeah. I feel. Yeah. Fine. The, we, we went into, that was the second gallery we went into in the first one. Yeah. He said, when we were in the gallery, he said, so what do you think about this art? And I went once and I said, can I tell you outside the gallery? And then I was like, you know, no one's going to know what the art was. But I was saying that there was a real play on the green and the reds. And that's a very obvious thing to do. Yeah. And I thought that that was distracting from the, what the subject was. And I didn't really connect with the subject. And, and I was giving a really honest opinion. I didn't connect with it. And I thought, right. you know, yeah. And then the next one, it blew, it blew both of us away. Right. 
But you had, I, I, to some extent, you come, mm. despite whatever background or personal history or baggage, you come with the privilege of being an artist right. and a respected one yeah. and an artist, undoubtedly yeah. an artist who's holding on as an artist, mm -hmm. which means you come with authority and expertise. To really? That well, see, I probably would reject that from right. no, like you saying. Right, but that's true. I mean, yeah. I, and so... I don't know. I, I just I know in art fairs. If I um if I'm in an art fair and I and I see the gallerist or the dealer or the person representing the gallery and the artist, and I stand behind and I listen to them explaining the work, and hanging out with other artists and you go into their studios and they're like, mm. ah, you know, give us another drink or roll up another cigarette, and then they start painting. Whereas when they're describing it, they're like, oh, the artist felt this in that moment. And I'm like, how on earth do they know? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Don't get me. Okay. No, but I'm, I'm an I artist. Don't I'm get... like, how do you know I that that was the- I don't want to get an e-warning on your podcast, right? But nothing, I'm sorry to use this language. You might have to cut it out. Nothing effing annoys me fucking effing more than reading into the pretentious yeah. abyss of someone's yeah. thought chat yeah. about what was happening. Give me the in date. That moment. Give me the name. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want you to locate it in its yeah. wider history. Yeah. I want you to tell me the name of the artist. Yeah. I, the date I think can and very often does matter. Yes. In, often in contemporary spaces, not so much. Yeah. But how dare you interfere yeah. with my experience of what that work is? And often mm. it's phrased. In the, the most pretentious I don't even understand bullshit. some of the words. So how do- You're not supposed to, <laughs> but that's what makes it out of rigid. But doesn't oh. that separate you as, a, as opposed to pulling you in? Of course it does. Yeah. And what it does is it makes it more elitist. Because yeah. if I don't understand the words, how am I supposed to engage with the work? Mm -mm. I don't come to it, first of all, through the experience of having an authentic moment with the- whatever the work is, mm. I'm supposed to, first of all, weed whack my way through somebody else's <laughs> bullshit. Uh, this represents the magical symbiosis between the painter's feelings of abandonment yeah. and the moment when he discovered the colour green. You're like, oh, do me a favour, love. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, it, you might a be- A thousand percent. Like, I'm, like, I struggle with that. And there's another side. So that's the language side, but there's mm. also the, the physicality of space. And if you like, when I was younger and I would go into a Mayfair gallery, which was, mm -hmm. which I assumed was a high watermark of this is the elite or the success. And you walked in and someone behind a desk would look up and kind of look back down. I felt like, wow, I felt like I've just been told off. Right. Not that I don't even feel like I, I should be in this room. Yeah. One, don't ask about anything. Certainly don't ask the price <laughs> and you can't afford it. So why are you looking at it? And I just felt... <laughs> Awful. And I hear and that. Like, I, I think there's a special that's a special sort of shaped Mayfair gallery issue. Uh, uh, uh to be sure. Um I say to be sure, it probably mm. is. I mean, I walk in. Mm. I mean, not so much now because they think, you know, I'm gonna, you know, You're have no taste something. of buy ropey Jeff Coons all of a sudden they're, you know, right. kissing your ass. Um but I, I, I want to emphasize yeah. because it's really important. I, I mm. and I hope that lots of people that you know, will come eventually if they don't already to really love and understand your work is that you, there, there are spaces that aren't like that. Yeah. And I, it matters to me that, mm. Mm. you know, the national gallery and the, the Tate, Tate Britain, by the way, don't mm -hmm. forget Tate, it's not just Tate modern, Tate Britain as well. Yeah. Um, that I think more and more 
there are problems with them to be sure, but they mm. are they are still spaces which there isn't anybody who's standing there wondering what the hell you're doing there. No, I don't feel that in those spaces. And I and I I I really want mm. that message to be. Yeah. It's important. It's important. It's you're very, right about maybe people look up and yeah. go. You know, just one other thing I want to ask you, mm. just really because you you raise it. Um, why I get frustrated by the interlocutor person writing that what piece. What does interlocutor The person mean? involved in the discussion, the person mm. who's speaking on my behalf, on behalf of that ah, yes. piece of art. Yeah. Is oftentimes, I know that an artist can articulate mm. insofar as they can, mm. why they made a piece of work. Mm -hmm. And often they do it really well. Mm. Um, but you know, sometimes it's where prose ends and poetry begins. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such a deep psychological complexion to a lot of artists' work that a great deal of the time they don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. Why they've made a piece yeah. of work, how it's emerged and manifested. And that's not a pretentious thing to say. Yeah. I've had it's... experiences of artists' work which I've had uh, have actually has moved me to tears. Mm. And a really non-pretentious way. I mean, mm. in, as far as, you know, when I felt depressed or low mm. over lockdown, as soon as the National Gallery opened, I've gone and seen a couple of paintings. Mm. It's sort of a moment of not feeling alone so much, mm. you know? And uh, um, there's a, uh, uh, my experience that I'll project onto the artist. I, I don't yes. know. It might be because perhaps um, part of the composition is speaking to me. Mm -hmm. It might be a look that somebody's got. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want somebody else to locate that for me. Yeah. And I know mm -hmm. that there is that layer in mm. that. I, people are you know, infinitely complicated. Artists, perhaps, are the most extreme end of that complication. Mm -hmm. So I don't want somebody's writing to limit, mm -hmm. A, what I can experience, yeah. or worse still, to project a limit on what, the emotional range yeah. that the artist was trying to express in the first place. There's yeah. a universe of intellectual, emotional complexity happening. Yeah. I, um, I think we was discussing it when we were upstairs and I was like, I am the first to put my hand up and say, this is my interpretation of my own work. You may have a completely different version of this and that's okay. Yeah. I don't have, this is the footprint and therefore it needs to be cookie cut and imprinted on everyone else's minds. That's not what this is about. That's, that's, that's what I was saying about if you paint a painting, you're taking the artist to that place. Mm -hmm. Whereas my work, I'm trying to do the opposite and take the, the, the viewer back to a place within themselves. It's not a, an external experience. If anything, the art isn't that important it's your experience for me that's important well your listeners sorry we should take because okay. actually okay. that's exactly how i came to your work uh, which people should know it's yeah. like a perfect segue which is true mm. um mm -hmm. so I, I for a variety of reasons because i can't actually talk even today about the nature of the meeting i was in but yes. put it this way it's a very <laughs> serious meeting with very serious people about extremely yeah. serious international issues mm -hmm. and uh, robbie you were displaying as a lot of yeah. art good, good artists do yeah. nowadays in this particular law firm I, I knew a couple of the qcs in there and very kindly they helped me so it was well, i've helped you okay well, well yeah it wasn't if it was good but it just yeah. happened you were, you were you were showing there and yeah. um I actually was quite involved, importantly involved in this particular nuance issue of the case that we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to be plugged in and engaged and there were there were three pieces on the wall. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, <laughs> I literally, I, I, 
I was like, first of all, exactly. I, I, I can't agree that it put me back in because the first yeah. reaction mm. was I'm not in this room. <laughs> And I don't mean that in British. I'm not. I'm yeah. not in this conversation now. Because Which is an important one, by the sounds of it. It was a very important conversation, but I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. it was okay in the end. Yeah. I want to be clear about that. I, I did read the papers eventually. Yeah. But I was immediately transported from the immediate conversation to what's that? Mm -hmm. It's just a simple, like, you know, because what's, what is this? This is extraordinary. Yeah. Then it's exactly so. I, then it was like you know somehow um, you, you'll be in a noise, mm -hmm. a room. There's like sort of that 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 white noise around, mm -hmm. but you can somehow plug into somebody else's conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what the next thing happened. Oh. That was the next thing that happened. Um, I've done, you know we've talked about this before. Yeah. And then then the next thing was I was like okay, because it's the end of me. I need to know yeah. who made this up now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had a range of intentions mm -hmm. and there was a variety of energies and thoughts mm -hmm. that went into yeah. making that work. Mm -hmm. But what I, and I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Some of which I suspect you don't know. Mm -hmm. yes. Subconscious, conscious, yeah. the conscious stuff you'll be aware of. Yeah. I can just tell you, I was sitting there mm -hmm. supposed to be giving advice on this international <laughs> thing going, yeah, all right, shut up. <laughs> What's that? Like this is oh, making, no. this is, this is doing like what, who made this? Right. Like, and how was it in, what, who, you know, yeah. and you know, a lot of law firms, they've got some of the so-called big artists yeah. and stuff, you know, they've got Degas and mm. goodness and all sorts of else. Mm. I'm sitting there, what, 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 who, who, and then. That's incredible. I mean, that's how, that's what happened. I mean, it's yeah. a true story. And then I was like, who, who is this? I mean, I, 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 I certainly wasn't trying to talk to you about <laughs> yeah. like you talking about my art. No, but that's what um, happened. Yeah, it's um, important, you know. It, but it's, um, you know, um, I think I spoke about this with someone else. And what, what I mean by that is being the personality types that we develop from young people as mm. we grow up. I always found it very difficult to take a compliment. Uh, I thought I wasn't worthy. And I'm, I'm just going to keep it really sweet and short. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I oh, know. I hear you. I well, mean it seriously. Well, it's a big you. journey for you to go on to have actually accepted a compliment, and yeah. you know, one day, uh, yeah, it's I, true. Well, I got. Well, it's easier from because you know I've got no bullshit. You yes. know, I've walked in. Yeah, you're. Well, the first you're thing we just talking said. And like, right. Yeah. I mean, I came and just said, you know, I'd been the tape modern. I had to walk through the Rothkos, which were all shit. <laughs> and you're going, no, and I'm going, yeah, they don't have. You know, yeah. they don't do it for me. Yeah. And yeah. I've and I. This is Specific, yeah. Right, but I also, I think you do the honour of somebody that's made work. I think that. Mm. So I would never write a piece going, they are shit. Right. Yes. That matters. Yes. If you make art and tell me it's not good for you, yeah. I'm never going to tell you that yeah. work is invalid. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And if it's derivative, I'm going to say, that reminds me of so-and-so. Yeah. And if it doesn't feel that it touches me, if you ask me, I will tell you that. Yeah. But the reason I, for, for Rothko, I'll say, I don't say it is shit. I say mm. for me, yes. it does nothing. Yes. I like the for me. There's a distinction there. Right. That's really important. Sure. There's something that's literally just come except, up. Oh, sorry, except yeah. Jeff Koons. Go on, please. You you, you, you was about to say something about Jeff, Jeff Koons earlier. You should have invited, you see, it's like a lecture. You want to ask questions and you invite me. I'm just shouting and going <laughs> on and on no, and no, on. No, 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 please. <laughs> you, was a, you, you said that you, you come to discover a, 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 you know, a new way of viewing his work. Could you this is elaborate? Exclusive because I, I have. You, you didn't tell me. Okay, and I'd so like this is to hear. Literally yeah. an exclusive view, and Fantastic. I haven't discussed this anywhere apart from with a friend on the phone actually a couple of days ago. Yeah, um, a couple of weekends. Do you know James Martin? The he's a chef, TV chef. Okay, 
Anyway, yes. I mean, it's no secret because yeah. I'm, I'm about to write about, and I told him I would okay. never, I don't do, you know, yeah. ropey diary behind someone's back. Yeah. Um, he films his show mm -hmm. in his house. Okay. And when I arrived at his house, all COVID-tastic, and mm -hmm. he puts me in his, like, man cave. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I going to talk to this man about? Mm -hmm. It's full of pinball machines and motorbikes and, you know, movie posters. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, we're just not going to have a common right. kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm, like, Googling the movie poster <laughs> and it's some French film that nobody's ever seen. I'm like, I'm going to talk to this man about um, and as it happens, actually, Prima Facie, we had little in common mm -hmm. until he started me showing me his car collection. Right. And again, that I'll seems, get there. Yeah. Right. And he started showing me his car collection. I can't stand cars. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is even loathe more of a disconnect. Loathe them. Yeah. Like, my day is ruined on Judge Rinder <laughs> when I open the brief and it's so-and-so's car engine blew up. I'm like, oh, God. Because <laughs> I don't know the difference between a Gucci belt and a fan belt. I'm no... I'm not, <laughs> I've got no interest. I don't get delight out yeah. of them. I don't understand it. I don't, yeah. I would never drive. I mean, out of respect for other road users, I don't drive. I mean, I can drive. I just, just, there's no joy in them for yes. me. But yes. I understand people collect them. Yeah. Anyway, there he was. And he's got a collection of extremely valuable cars. I don't say which ones, but they mm. are, some of them are the most original. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's no secret. He, 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 he's very well known for being mm. a lover of cars. Anyway, around this one car, which was handmade, all of a sudden this person came alive mm -hmm. and he was speaking with this kind of authentic enthusiasm about it mm. and about the shape of it. And, and to be sure, all it, for me, it transformed into a piece of sculpture. Oh, lovely. And also the other thing which was weird, which I normally would hate, you know, mm. you don't do that about, oh, this worth, you know, mm -hmm. Unless there's something wrong with you mm, mm. or you're in parts of America, you know, right. where, you know, that's the... so-and-so put an elbow through a Picasso go, that's 30 million down the, you know, right. yeah. you, you buy art for value instead of yes. delight. There are people like yes. that. When somebody collects cars, the value mm -hmm. is inherent mm -hmm. to the delight in the car because the value somehow is connected to the yeah. story of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Most vehicles you buy depreciate. Mm -hmm. But these collector's items go up in value. Mm -hmm. so, but the delight of the owner isn't just... It, 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 the value is connected to the sculptor, to the yeah. work, to the hand of the person that made it. Yes. It did nothing for me, but I was delighted to be in the presence of someone's joy in a thing because it was real. And you can sit... Right. You can listen to someone speaking with authentic enthusiasm about broccoli. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If they're... Oh, I love it's that. heaven, isn't yeah, it? Right. I love it. Anyway, so he was into this stuff. And then the only art, I mean, he had some art, he had a really interesting Lowry painting, actually, which was interesting. I was sort of interested. And then also okay. I saw a couple of Jeff Koons, mm -hmm. which normally mm -hmm. have the effect of making me angry. Right. Right. Yeah. It makes it, because manufacturing is. Yeah. Because there's a disconnect totally between the hand yeah. of the, but mm -hmm. I, thought, I had this moment of understanding where here's a man, James Martin, who loved his cars. And for him, even though some of them were made in factories, he got a delight in the value, in the form, in the sculptor. In the same way, like uh, uh, Ferrari or Porsche, whoever made that mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. that for him, the Kuhnses had that sort of value. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just about display. Yes. It was somebody that liked cars mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it, it just made me less angry about Jeff Kuhns somehow. Right. But if you're watching Jeff, Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
<laughs> so I'm just <laughs> well, anyway, keeping it real. It's like, well, yeah, I just like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's just not. He's, he's a master at, um, I guess, the marketing and the raising of value of the like. I I don't. Um, he came from finance, didn't he? I think yeah, he I was. Think a, so. I That's right. There's a, a, a documentary I watched. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I say, the reason I thought I felt more okay about it mm. in a nutshell was mm. because this that chef... That love was transferable into something. Right. Yeah. This, he, Enthusiasm. He'd bought... Right. So yeah. he'd bought them because he loved the shapes. Yeah, absolutely. Because for him, manufacture of, mm. a, a, you know. Yeah. Whereas a bit like, all right. I just don't get how you can. It doesn't. You don't need to have emotional. Right? Can, mm. can, anger can be a reaction. Absolutely. Yeah, and and you can see through the life of an artist's work sometimes. Like I love Tracy Emin's tent. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. genuinely, there's something radical. And again, I when I hear myself say radical, I feel people like rolling their eyes and stroking their shoulder. Go, oh, do me a favor, <laughs> radical. Mm. But mm. we forget when it was made. Mm. You sit in a tent and like all of the names sewn of people oh, being inside right. her. Yeah, that's right. And that whole, I you know, about that. in a really unwanky, pretentious way mm. about the idea of being inside a person. Mm. And that, you know, I really, I was like, yeah. I was moved by that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, some of the drawings, mm. especially her drawings for me, don't, 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 Doesn't don't do anything. Don't do anything yeah. for me. Anyway. It's good that you can separate, like some people, with um, today's society, especially within tribalism, so say, for example, if, like, I would probably get in trouble even saying this, but mm -hmm. I grew up in a Spurs family, and if I go to Arsenal and I ring my friend and I say, hey, I'm at Arsenal, and he's like, and it's a good friend, and he's like, what are you doing here? You can't be here. It's Arsenal. And that tribalism of, you know, you can like a Tracy Emin sculpture, but you might not like a drawing. Right. Like, why... Oh, why yeah. do you have to like everything? And why do you have to like only one? Or mm -hmm. like, why can't I be at another football? Like, there's such a divide. Like, you can't like that and enjoy this. You mm -hmm. can't do that. That's that's against right. the rules. Sure. And that, you call it tribalism. And, and obviously coming from a Tottenham Hotspur family, not yeah. I, I hear you, yeah. that was that was my family's religion. Right. But the way that the men, that's why, you know, yeah. Yeah, struggle relationship with my dad, but my mm. entire universes of history and emotional experience were communicated with my brother and my dad through Tottenham Hotspur. Right. Even I now. Know. I didn't know. Seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. And my that. dad now, who um, <clears throat> is sadly not well, but, mm. you know, the opening salvo, we have a stepbrother, sorry, half-brother as well, and they're all into football. And Tottenham Hotspur is their in. Right. It's, it's the, the centre of their... It's the happiness, it's the sadness, it's the way that they can communicate about their right. health. It's the... right. Wow. It's the small talk, it's the deep talk, it's the and sure it's tribal. Yeah. But yeah, I, I there is a if you it's more than a form of tribalism. Mm. I think it, it's much more um insidious in everywhere, mm. but certainly in our country, mm -hmm. let's call it that, mm -hmm. where um so called class at, is is the barrier to entry. It's a posh way of saying of going um, that once somebody deems something and some, that somebody is usually a person who looks a certain way and sounds a certain way and mm -hmm. it's in the right gallery and has been deemed, has been given the sanctity by that person as being great art. Mm -hmm. 
I am now, we are now conscripted into going, wow. Mm -hmm. And that's more than a form of tribalism. It is a form of tribalism, I suppose, but it's a kind of really crass class horror that our society is still kind of doing. Yeah, I find like there's even like, and I I say football because it's an obvious one, but say, for example, there'll be certain apps, um, attributes within conservative or labor or mm-hmm. other. And I agree with them. But if I was to say, if I'm like, if I'm with someone and they're totally right. labor and I'm like, but I actually a point with, I agree with this particular point mm-hmm. within the other party. Right. That's it. I'm cut off. It's like right. the conversation can't go any further. It's like, I've crossed over to the... That's certainly true of the current political landscape. You know, I was reading something the other day, and it was actually, funny enough, it's by a director who made this point. It was, it was then subsequently, um, I think, quoted again, perhaps in a podcast I was listening to, but I, listening to, but I remember the original quote, which was something, tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance. Right. Mm, that's about right. right. In other words... Um, Politics, yeah. life, mm-hmm. human solutions to human problems mm-hmm. are multifaceted. Absolutely. And, and um, y- you think about that and sit with that for a second. And then perhaps you sit with, again, he's a forgotten philosopher a little bit, unless you're a philosopher person, mm-hmm. which I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, worth dipping your toe in sometimes or listening to his Desert Island disc. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Berlin, mm-hmm. amazing thinker of the last 20th century, of the 20th century the last century, um, said that, you know, no two people's, this is nutshell stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. the work is yes. quite dense, but no, yeah. no two people's utopias mm-hmm. can ever look the same. No. Your vision mm-hmm. of a perfect society, mm-hmm. of a perfect life, mm-hmm. would never perfectly um, coincide with mine. And so constant, consequently, all utopian philosophies, mm-hmm. the ideas of perfect societies, mm-hmm. require a degree, of important degree of coercion. Mm-hmm. Unless we're able to sit and have a conversation about the bits of society, we, the best bits we can share with one another and dispose of the arrogance that one philosophy, one idea, one political party has all of it's, the solutions. Yeah. That's... And we're able to have an exchange of an idea of ideas, mm. and it's the same in art. Mm. Mm. That idea yeah. where we get that set with the idea that it's not just about open mindedness. Yeah. It's about accepting the fact that I might learn something from this. I'm moved mm. by it, mm-hmm. enabling us to have a conversation. Yes, to be open about it, rather than tribal. Absolutely, I think um, you know. Um, I think it's in a. Um, uh, an in a native Indian where they say you have to hold the stick mm-hmm. and when you hold the stick it's you talking right and I think that like even talking to you now I'm ex- I'm expressing what I'm going through I have no preconceived idea of what we're going to talk about I have no preconceived idea of what the next question is I don't even know what I'm saying now I'm just making it up <laughs> right. but no but what, I, but what I mean by that is most listening is the articulation of the next thing they're going to say most listening right does that make sense it does it does I, I, go I'm on sure, i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure even in the barrister or in the law world you probably do have to think one or two steps 
beyond you when you're not speaking. I'm sure that that is a skill set. But I think that most misunderstanding is that you're not actually present to what's being said. No, you come with you come projecting your you're projecting argument before you've even right. heard. So in, of course. Does this make sense? It makes total sense, and it's basically an articulation of what you're talking about—the echo chamber. But the idea that we come with a preconceived dogma of ideas, we're not listening. What we're doing is shouting down somebody else's rather than sitting, listening, hearing. Mm -hmm. It's a word we need to come back to mm -hmm. and engaging mm -hmm. and to be confident enough in our ideas and in ourselves mm -hmm. and our love for our own humanity to know that we can give the gift of ourselves of actually being wrong and being persuaded. Amazing. Which is an when, enormous thing. When you do like the TV show, mm. The Judge Rinder, when you're listening to someone, mm -hmm. are you listening from the perspective of it being a show and it's entertainment and you have to keep yeah. it at that level? Or do you really listen to what they're saying and really try to give them the feedback that's honest to you? Yeah. How does it work? Because it is a that's stage a super, version. That, sort of, that's a super question. It's a really good question. Um, I was about to say, there's different sorts of listening right. and hearing. Yeah. When you're a barrister, mm -hmm you come with a different intention. Mm -hmm. You come with a specific- You want that outcome. Right. Yeah. You come with a, a, a specific strategy, mm -hmm. right? You know, if you're cross-examining somebody, you're putting your client's case, your job is to put that case effectively. So sure, you're listening to the answers, but yes. effectively you're, you, you have a Try mission in that conversation to mm -hmm. ring fence them, to make an admission, etc. Mm -hmm. Being inverted commas and an arbitrator or a judge in the case of judgment is totally different. And I want mm -hmm. to be emphasized. Yes. yes, we have the old funny case. Yes. And of course, there's an element of pantomime in theatre about them, but the vast majority of them are not. Mm -hmm. You said they were real earlier. They're all real. cases. Every case is yeah. real, deadly real. And we're, you know, regulated by Ofcom. And mm -hmm. um, often cases will last an hour, an hour and a half. And you only see 20, 30 minutes of the show yeah. on telly. Mm -hmm. But um, within that, there's never a moment when I'm dealing with a serious case. It might be about back payment or perhaps uh, child custody payments or let's say a family relationship is broken down over debt or let's say it's a landlord and tenant case, whatever. There is never, and I emphasise this, the show would have died, I would have been mm. eviscerated as well. A moment where I shut the door behind me, we shoot it as live, we don't yes. stop and reach it. Yeah. Where I think, would this be interesting for telly? Mm. Never, never, right. never, not once. So it's not from that perspective. It'd be inauthentic and people yeah. can tell. Yeah, you can tell. But also something that's just, just, Really interesting um, riff on the theme, if you like, of what you're talking about. Very often what's happened in the cases that I see where you've had kind of family toxic breakdown, they come to sue over money in many instances, but not all. It's the first time they've seen that other person. Mm. Mm. And my job, again, not all the time, but in many cases, is to facilitate a space where they are conscripted, forced in some instances, to hear, mm. to listen, to hear one another. Mm. And um, what that means is that, and why sometimes, again, not always, it depends on the intention, of course, you come to court and a variety of other factors. But sometimes, and not in an inconsiderable amount of cases, what happens is that somebody who comes to the dispute about money finally learns and hears, hears, hears what that money meant to the other person. And so very often 
you see, and it's, it's not about privilege, I'll be clear about Clark, because mm. families across the board of every background, creed, and the rest of it break down over these sorts of things. And it's usually not about the thing that yeah. the family ended up breaking down about. It's about a rich and <clears throat> painful thread that's woven into a tapestry of other things. That eventually, if you gift someone the space of going, okay, here's your anger. First of all, you're going to have to be really uncomfortable as you listen to that person's anger. Secondly, you're forced because of me to hear that person and not say anything. So you've heard it and you're going to be asked to respond. Mm. Not with your case. The first question you always ask, very often they cut this out, is you've just heard John say that when you didn't pay that money back, he felt you were like a brother to him as a friend. Mm -hmm. And for him, it was as painful as when his mother died. Well, wow. that's what they'll say sometimes. How does it make you feel to know that despite having gone on holiday and done all these other things, you mm. could have paid that money back and how you made this person who was your friend feel? And not all the time, but yeah. very often mm. it changes the entire complexion right. of that room. You can feel it, wow. I think, anyway. That's and it's almost, happened, it's proven it happened. That's almost like a therapy session. A I'm good not, one. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, I'm... But no, I don't do therapy. Yeah, no, I'm not guess... saying that, but like to hear sure. someone, f you said for the first time they've seen each other yeah. and you're make, you're forcing them into with a rules. situation where you have to speak, you have to listen right. with respect. Right. Well, because you can listen and switch off. like and, Which is often the way, but yeah. then often, I mean, this is a different conversation. Mm. Just as you can look, you know, I, I, sometimes if I'm not in the mood, if I'm going, I, as I write for the stand, I might be going to piece of opera. If I'm not in the mood and I'm halfway through, yeah. I'll leave because I feel like I'm doing an ugly disservice to yeah. the right or I'm, I'm just not in it. Yeah. I've, I, I've had this going to galleries, just not in the right headspace. Yeah. It's good to acknowledge that and to, right. to change and that. A hundred percent and I'll, yeah. I'll leave. Um, you know, yeah, I think... Yeah, it, it can make a difference. Mm. You've probably changed some people's relationships no, with each other. we've definitely been part of that um, mm. process for for few, but for some with the right intention, it has it has um, improved their relationships. You know, mm. had less. But it's, what I was just thinking about is in the context of relationships. You know, mm. I've divorced, and one of the things that I learned from that experience, mm -hmm. painful experience. You know, we're together for a long time. Is precisely this: is that um, part of the way that you nurture a long term relationship is exactly what you just sort of inferred, which is that oftentimes people want to have the conversation where they're not in an emotional or sometimes just biological place to hear. Mm -hmm. So you're really angry about saying, you yeah. want to have this conversation yeah. now mm -hmm. because it's important to you mm -hmm. because you're angry about something and because mm -hmm. you want resolution or mm -hmm. you want contrition or something. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. And it needs to come out and it can't stay in because ultimately that will do violence to you in the long term if you start mulling it over. At the same time, it's picking your moment or telling the other person that they need to hear you. Mm -hmm. Or when the other person speaking to you, making clear that, look, just so you know, these four things happened today, which right. means... It's context. context. I can't hear you. Yeah, it's context. Because I'm like, yeah. I want to yeah. hear what you're saying. I know you're annoyed, but I'm annoyed mm. about loads of other shit. Mm -hmm. So this is just being received by me as right complaint as opposed to a pain pain that you're in that i've caused you mm -hmm. so kind of um that's that's quite a big thing to acknowledge sure. the other parameters 
I um, guess. I'm shit at it. But you um, just explain like that's no, I thought that was a very No, but you can important. explain it, but then sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, I'm terrible at my own accounts, but I entered international sort of fraud and I could immediately <laughs> look at a uh, somebody else's accounts at a big company and go, yeah, that's where the fraud is. Or like interior designers mm. often live in Baroque squalor. Right. You go into the house, it's full of <clears throat> crap because... Isn't that the... Is, <laughs> I find that fascinating where the skill... You know the, the skill set that I think I'm not very good at? Yeah. I don't think I'm very good with colour. Shut the front I'm door. I'm not even joking. That's the most ridiculous thing i've heard in 2020 and i've been like no, advising on I... the covid regulations <laughs> so um, that's funny trust me I don't... <laughs> no, so um a friend a dear friend um morris morris Lipsitch, he's yeah. like one of the top psychiatrists and in, in the country and he's one of the most fascinating people i've ever met yeah and I once said, oh, can we do a recording together? I'd love to do a recording. It was before like podcasts. Yeah. This was years ago. He said, oh, I haven't got anything to say. I said, you're one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, I haven't got anything to say. And I remember I was at a gym in um, Home House and Harry Enfield was in there. And we used to see each other when we in the gym. And I said to him, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just, I'm doing a live performance for BBC or something. And I was like, oh, can I come? He said, oh, you know what? It's sold out. I'm really sorry. He said, oh, oh, don't worry. I'm not very funny. I said, Harry Enfield, what are you talking about? And I, I find it fascinating that the thing mm. that people are almost bordering, and I'm not saying this yeah. to me, but almost bordering on genius in a certain level, that's the very thing that they struggle with. It's like, I find that fascinating. It is true. I think, too, I mean, I think sure there's, there's something British someone. about it as well. Right. But, um, I mean, those are a range of different humans with different experience and different nuanced reasons why mm. a psychiatrist might think they've got nothing to say. Mm. So, you know, if you're a scientist and psychiatrist, what does the word, you know, I immediately go to lawyer. You know? Right, yes. What does the word to say mean for yeah, him? And yeah. to say means a kind of intellectual, perhaps, or clinical contribution to the world of psychiatry. Mm -hmm. The comedians that I've met, including Harry Enfield and performers, mm -hmm. gen generally speaking, have a very complex relationship with their sense of being funny. And often often they genuinely don't feel like they are. Isn't that... That's mm. fascinating. Yeah. It's a variety of different... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fun enough about Harry Enfield, I, I met him at a dinner party once and he was pretty morose, I have to tell you. Right. He was a bit miserable. <laughs> I mean, they, they, I want to. It's funny because when I see people like my 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 instinct is to want to go and give them a cuddle. Right. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, that's that's yeah, all you can something. do. I kind of feel I was like, well, the, the the deep rooted insecurities we have, or the truths we tell ourselves, we have to unteach ourselves. Absolutely, we manif we manufacture sure. and manifest them. And I think sometimes, you know, friends and uh, therapy can help and good, mm -hmm. good, good literature, good art is, mm -hmm. is, is supportive and, and, and helpful and restorative even sometimes to be sure. But um, ultimately only y you mm -hmm. can reframe your own narrative, mm -hmm. rewrite the story that you've found yourself in, rechange the kind of character, re-pick up the pen yeah. perhaps. And, uh, 
and 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 change the story on the page mm. but um i think i think that's that's true and so consequently my reaction you know like just as when you see like you know if you i'll say i mm. mean because he is he's really good looking um i go oh you look gorgeous um and it doesn't land mm. and that's fine it doesn't even persuade 50 people could yeah. tell you yeah that that's the case mm. Um, but you don't believe you don't believe the one. It's 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 a, a human. Uh, it's different in different it's, cultures, but it's a, it? there is a, I think a shared cultural experience, especially in England. I yeah, don't know definitely where England. the one negative thing lands and mm -hmm. the 50, 49 don't. Yeah. Right, it's challenging. But my reaction to that is, I know I'm not going to change your conversation, so I just <laughs> want to give you a cuddle and go, oh, sharp. And like. It's yeah. And I'm not even saying that for like yeah. some kind of No, no, of course. sympathy or like response or reaction. I'm being honest, I struggle with it some a lot. No, I, I'm not surprised, but that's yeah. also because but then I also think that's what saves you from being a monster. Right. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I think we do need to have a um it's it's a, like everything in life, marriages and health and uh, your body's balance mm. and yeah. I mean, this takes us into a, a, another segue, but I know <laughs> actors, for example, mm -hmm. certain, and so let's call them, I like the real ones. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I can't believe I use that language. I'm going to punish myself afterwards for saying real ones, but keep it in because I mm -hmm. shouldn't. But some actors mm -hmm. that I've met, mm -hmm. you know, physical performers, physical artists in some cases, um, that... Um, That, for example, have come back from different environments where they've been um, disproportionately enabled to become monsters. As a really posh way, again, of saying, you know, they go to Hollywood, let's say, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you'd be sitting at a table and you say, I like your jumper. The next day, 50 jumpers are there, right? Right. Everybody laughing at your jokes, all the rest of it. Mm. Complimentingly, everything you do. After all, it's a bubble. But those compliments stop becoming um, having value or meaning, but you become reliant on them, mm. and it's really dangerous. And and there's a sort of a, 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 a very troubling connection between that, for example, and the way in which people now emotionally and psychologically engage um, on social media, say with Twitter and mm. Instagram. I don't really know Instagram well, but Twitter, mm. for example, mm -hmm. somebody likes your tweet right mm -hmm. it's heart shaped mm -hmm. it's a like it's a compliment it's, yes. a, it's a micro compliment mm -hmm. which connects to a little kind of micro dose mm -hmm. of serotonin or endorphin mm. yeah and that's at the end of your arm mm. and imagine a thousand of them or two thousand likes mm. and then you that creates a codependency right on that thing and that's can can create something quite monstrous. Mm -hmm. We know it mm -hmm. in people. In the case of certain actors, in for example, too much of that means that um, you're no longer able to. Um, well, what it can do is it can interfere with people's moral chemistry, mm -hmm. unless people are very careful about curating good people around them. Mm -hmm. That's not to bring them down ever. No. Never not, ever do I'm that. Not, that. I'm not hearing that. No, I'm just saying it's like it's keeping that expression which I love mm. now, which is it's keeping it real. Yes. What I mean by yeah. keeping it real is yeah. like it's going, what? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but you said that before we spoke earlier about like if you do something, you know, some people will speak to you in they'll give you an honest opinion. 
But and sometimes honestly, it's a not lo- what, honest loving opinion. And sometimes it's probably not what you want to hear, but you need sure. to hear. Or... Yes, but it's an honest loving opinion. Absolutely. And so, and it's also, constructive. It's not destructive. Right. It's, and, or supporting a neg, supporting an artificial. Right, and knowing when it is too late as well. Mm. So you know, it, it, this exists in different forms of art. Okay, so. With an artist, let's say I go to a show. If I know that they're in the process of making a really important thing, mm-hmm. you hold somebody's creative capital, the currency, what they invest, it comes from them in your hands. I won't ever talk about a play and saying it's terrible to someone, ever. It really mm-hmm. means like a credo mm-hmm. unless it's overtly political. Right. Or if I go to someone's shit play, which happens from time to time, why am I going to say it shit? What, what yeah. value have I brought? It's someone's yeah. kid. It's someone's creative presence. Mm. If they're going to take me to a play which is about the troubles in Northern Ireland mm. and I'm going to have to be forced into some Soviet socialist realism, I'm mixing my political experiences. Mm. Mm. You have invited me into a conversation. I'm going to tell you it's shit and here are the reasons because it's political. Right. Right. With art, which of course it has a political complexion, all of it, but... Mm. Let's say I go to a show. Unless I know that you're going to be making new work or you're in the process of new work... Mm-hmm. So you're already there. Mm-hmm. I would feel very wary about having a conversation with you about previous work that you had made mm-hmm. and how I liked a bit, but I didn't like another bit. Right. Because I don't know yet that you're in a place to be making new work. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I don't want to put a freaking <clears throat> Molotov cocktail into your creative process. Not to me, it's not a U-shaped thing. change their course. 100%. It's a powerful thing. can change their course. We know that. We know We know in the way that um, there's a... Ch- yeah, anyway. There are various examples of that. Mm. You know, Bowie talks about it, conversations he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that you, your therapist or somebody that mm. says one word, you go, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, a writer, I'm trying to think, uh, Evelyn Moore. Yes. Was interviewed in the 50s. I can't mm. remember. It might have been on Face, face to, to face. face or whatever. Right. Face to Face. I love those. They're amazing. Yeah. When people had conversation, you know. Real. Uh, what what's her name? Uh, um, Edith Sitwell. That's oh her, my goodness! Her face. Oh my it's goodness! I've got, there's about sixty. I've I've got the box set. It's They're incredible. incredible. The Martin Luther King. He's like twenty three or something years old, and it's like incredible. It's, yeah, it's insane. Back in the day, when people asked questions yeah. and wanted the answers. Yeah, he's Why like he's like. Um, so was your dad an authoritarian or was he like? And it's just like straight, right, straight in there, in. like. No know, hiding. But, but it blew, you know, Evelyn Moore was psychologically affected by that experience. I didn't know that. Yeah, she re- I, I flipped that one or an interview. I can't remember. It's one of them. It's mm. either, it might be, I think it might have been face to face. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody had asked him about it but, and, and commented negatively on a piece he'd written. And it was like. Took it. Yeah. And I think there is. A, so, for example, you know, at the end of a friend's performance, you, your job is to delight in it. Mm-hmm. Until the next piece of work, mm-hmm. when they're ready in the next piece of work and to be part of the constructive conversation, say, oh, I, 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 you know, when there's distance and time and they're already in the space of new work, I think it matters. It's part, if you like, of uh, you, you never enabling bad behavior. But when you're around artists, it is a delicate thing. And um, it's part of being a quality friend, too. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that um, you can find uh, to sit alongside you when things are miserable. You'll not be for want of friends. Like that, that, that. There's a sort of nonsense idea that um, you know your friends are the ones 
that you can call in the middle when you're really in the shit or mm-hmm. when things are terrible. Mm-hmm. Meh. Maybe. That's true. Yeah. Of course that's true. And and yeah. we know those people. If you're, mm. you know, privileged enough and mm-hmm. you're lucky, it's a lucky thing. Lots of people don't have it. But, you know, but those, that's not the barometer. The real thing is like when the show goes well or you've mm. just finished a piece of what you're delighted or you've sold a piece for mm-hmm. a fuckload of money, mm-hmm. you can't wait <laughs> to phone this person and go, oh, the best thing ever happened to me. And they go, yes. Yeah. You know, it's the people that delight in your success <laughs> that's, that, um, that are the ones that mm, are, yeah. they, you know, that's, that's the barometer. You know, um, it, it, that part, it's so, I find that part so fascinating mm. where the person who makes you think in a new way, makes you see yourself in a new way, supports you where you haven't seen you needed support, mm. Like I, I have like one friend and I don't know how we've become close, but he lives in LA's, he makes suits and a two minute, very much like this conversation, a, a very short conversation turns into like, I can't stop. Like we're just right. like, we're just so inspired by each other. And they're very rare to find those people that really unconditionally want you to be the best version of yourself. I don't know. I think, I you think, think everyone wants that. No, God, no, no. There's all sorts of, we're all, yeah, you know, we're all guilty. Of this. We're all jealous. You know, yeah. I mean, I you try as hard as you possibly can. And this is the advice given to my God, you know, don't look around what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Life is, however short it is, it's still, you know, a marathon, not a sprint. And mm-hmm. you'll never find happiness by comparing yourself to other, no, all of that stuff. Some of which has become platitude for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's the surefire way to uh, to self-destruction, actually. Mm-hmm. Especially in our society, where mm-hmm. value is placed on certain things, which for artists can be lethal. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but um, I don't know. I think if you tell a friend mm-hmm. that that's what you want from them... Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not even aware of it. Mm. You know, you, you, we have to be part of better conversations of community, just like relationships. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've had them like, you know, yeah. you're right, miserable. <laughs> this is what I need from you. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the time it's just because things are shit. Yeah. It is easier to share mm-hmm. crap that's gone on. Mm-hmm. Just as it's easier to remember the one shit thing that's happened in the day or the mm. bad compliment or the thing that hasn't worked out rather than the hundred things that and have. And your brain gets locked on it. To be sure. But um, sometimes after a while, there are friendships. There are There is emotional editing you need to do. Mm-hmm. Where you realise actually you're being dragged into, I don't know, but you're being sort of uh, falsely imprisoned mm-hmm. into other people's negativity. Mm-hmm. That actually they aren't capable of delighting mm-hmm. in your success. No. They aren't people that, look and go, wow, or want to be constructive, Mm -hmm. that actually your misery matters to them because it validates theirs. Yes. And their sense of lack of Mm self-work, their sense of failure, they need you to be there with them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the misery that loves company stuff. And eventually, if you've given somebody the opportunity to change, you go, hey, you know, every time we've met, all we've talked about is this, you know. Right. This is shit. This is yeah. failing. This is sometimes you need to be able to have that conversation. Yeah. But you find out in the corner, you, you, you know, last week you won a case. Yeah. 
Last week, something amazing happened for you. And you, you know, all this happened to me, mm-hmm. which was really good. And I felt I couldn't phone you because mm-hmm. I felt you'd be jealous right? rather than delighted. Mm-hmm. I think, anyway. Yeah. I think, um, as we're, I think coming out, we, we're in a very unusual time. Mm. 2020 has been, oh, well, I don't even know how to explain what's happened this year, but the one thing, one of the things that I'm taking from it in this moment, not last month or the month before, because I was thinking something different then. So important. But I was, um, the thing that I am thinking now is the more you are able to eliminate distraction and noise, there is something that needs to come breakthrough, which is important. Yes, there is the distancing. Yes, there are masks. Yes, there is the numbers. Yes, you can't be in a pub after 10. There are certain things you have to know that. Mm-hmm. But with its, is it real? Is it not? All of a sudden there's a fog mm-hmm. and it takes over. And I think if you can eliminate a lot of this distraction and go for the thing that you actually want. I think this is a really incredible time. And I know. I, so it's really weird. You just, yeah, you actually described this before often. And, and yeah. I, it's so weird. You, you, um, I had an experience, which I've, I, and I've spoken about and I've tried to write about mm-hmm. in my column, mm. but I, I haven't actually effectively been able to articulate. Mm-hmm. I, I've forgotten about it when you mentioned it before. Um, this is recently. Really recently, comp- February. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got COVID in March. In fact, so I went with com- I went with comic relief mm-hmm. um, to, well, the long and the short of it was mm-hmm. we were supposed to be doing this event uh, for sport relief, it was actually, uh, crossing Mongolia. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be the coldest triathlon in the world. It's like some world record attempt. Wow. There was a bunch of Nick Grimshaw mm-hmm. and a bunch of other celebrities on telly. Mm-hmm. And I'm sometimes conscripted into these events because they think I'm going to be like, you know, are you being served John Inman on steroids? And I'm going to yelp like a highly strung poodle. But Mm. one thing I don't do is inauthentic and nobody conscripts me into telling me what I say ever. But I can see why they've hired me to do that. So they put Mm. me in the ice bath expecting me to yelp, as I say, like a highly strung poodle. Mm -hmm. Of course, I get into the ice bath and said, I'd like a glass of wine and a cigarette. Of course, I'm dying inside. (laughs) But fuck you. <laughs> well done. Right, no, but you don't get to determine that's <laughs> yeah. not... If I'm well feeling done. like that... Amazing. I, but also it's because what you want to actually... Is, I, yeah. It's not how it mattered. Yeah. Right. Last minute, they're going to lock down Mongolia. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it'd be off. They moved the whole thing to Namibia. And the organisers of the event organises great big ultra marathons. And um, the one that was going to be on ice was doable, regardless pretty much of your physical capability, because it's flat. Right. So you could cycle. As long as you're warm enough, mm-hmm. you'd finish you it. Can, yeah. The one in Namibia was a genuinely challenging ultramarathon. And, you know, for your listeners, I, I, I was, I'm putting weight during Coda, mm-hmm. but, you know, exercise, absolutely critical part of my mental health routine. I've done mm-hmm. marathons and stuff, and I, I, I really care about fitness chiefly connected to my mental health, which has Mm -hmm. totally changed, if you like, the the conversation about how I exist. It's very important to me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was quite fit when I did it. But they were in Namibia. We fly to Namibia and um, the organisers haven't mitigated this challenge in any way for a group of so-called celebrities, you know, knowing how lethal and only 50 people in the world has ever finished it, right? (laughs) 
or whatever at 52, I think. <laughs> anyway, so we start on day one. I'm thinking, and they said, do your own race. You have to be with each other. Mm. And I'm like, I'm racing, right? Because <laughs> going to win. No, I'm going to win. That mattered yeah. to my ego, definitely. Yeah. It would be lying yeah. to say otherwise. Yeah. It's more like... <clears throat> You don't get to determine what I can and can't do. That mm -hmm. that's a much more motivating okay. force. Yeah. If I feel I with that. right, that thing of you know, if you're going to pit me last for games, mm -hmm. I'm jolly going to win. And have a cigarette <laughs> at the end and go. You see, <laughs> told you. I get it. That that sort of middle finger up to the world. How mm -hmm. dare you mm -hmm. conscript me into your version of a written narrative? I've got the pen and I write my own story. Thank you, Brilliant. love. Do you know what I mean? I do. That's sort of a powerful... That. I think I feel the same. I mean, sometimes I can't... There's yeah. ego, all sorts of other of things imbued in that. But basically, yeah. if I feel someone going, you're this person... You want to prove them wrong or you want to be your version. It's not yeah, their I guess version. So. It's, I yeah. No, you're... I'm that person in your story mm. that you've written. I'm, I'm that person in your movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not in your movie, love. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyhow, we do the first day. And, you know, I've done two marathons. It's one sub two outs. That's quite, you know, this is a run man. It's quite serious. Mm -hmm. I get to the end of day one. And honestly, it's the hardest physical thing I've ever done. There's like a narrow bit where, imagine you're cycling. Imagine the path of wide as a table, a metre wide. It's just enough for you to stay on the, it looks like a perfect cycle track. It's just enough for you to stay on the bike, but the wheels are still spinning. So you're going four miles an hour. It's 32 degree heat, whatever. And you have to do that for, let's say, seven hours. Right. right. Now, again, you've got all of these like butch macho boer types going. And so I'm like, but I got to the end. They wanted their great big sort of emotional cum shot. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I come in with it, I see like with the with the bike, I go, well, I just want you to know I'd like a glass of wine and everyone's going to sue you, you know. But then actually what transpired was the day got more and more serious was actually they hadn't adequately i think to be fair thought about how challenging this was mm. nick grimshaw was on television nearly died mm. and wow. you know uh frankie bridge and uh samantha womack was in tears it was a nightmare i had a fabulous day <laughs> you know, i'm just like whatever day two i think the whole purpose of day two and this is where it, it connects to what you were saying before mm -hmm. really uh, resonates uh, um about crowding out noise mm. We were supposed to do it was a marathon across the desert, and you've got to do it by nightfall. And you know, you're going up sand dunes or whatever. So I start running. And I now know effectively the general idea was we wouldn't finish this because it would be part of the conversation about failing in a task. And because part of the mission was about talking about mental health, that sort of mattered for the narrative of the film. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm sorry, love. Mm. If I could do it, yeah. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Especially because I've got two little sticks. So it's like the 26 mile mints, <laughs> which I thought at the end, that's got to be a world record, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the point about it was, um, it was profound. And again, that's the type of word that I would normally be like, oh, you know, unless Tony Morrison uses that in a sentence, I can't hear it. Do you know? Mm -hmm. it's like, but it was, it was absolutely that. So start running, there's nothing there. And by nothingness, I mean there's one colour. It's not like a Paul Nash rock. Mm -hmm. I say Paul Nash is a rock where, you know, you see there's like a universe in a in a, in a stone. Mm -hmm. really is. It's, it's such a limited palette. Right. And you can see why, for example, Stone Age people of the desert are the initiators of the Bible. There's nothing external. You have to go inwards. Mm. 
So I start running across this desert and it looks like, you know, a kid's drawing of a desert. Mm -hmm. Running and running and running. And um, I've got no mobile phone signal, so Mm -hmm. nothing can come. I've got nine Mahler symphonies, a bunch of Dolly Parton, a bit of John Barry, and even a bit of One Direction. (laughs) That that, like (laughs) joyous cacophony of... um, the eclectic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm running along, and I uh, first of all, I've got no sense of direction, right? I've got lost in people's, you know, walking wardrobes before. <laughs> part of the no kind of skill thing. But I've got to watch it. It's dead easy to use. Mm. I'll, you know, just follow the arrow, right? Because they're running away. All of a sudden, I'm running across this salt plain, which does have some character at least. And I'm about, I don't know, four hours. It said, you know, if you listen to the voiceover, Robert is five. It's now 20 kilometres ahead, whatever. I couldn't tell you where it was, but this is what happened. John Barry's Out of Africa came on. I could hear nothing apart from that music, my breath. There was no part of me at all that thought about when will I finish this? There was no future. There wasn't the past. I wasn't looking behind and thinking about how far I had come i was running breathing and listening and it was that moment which before had been completely alien to me safe of say safe to say that people that i disbelieved when they talked about having these experiences perhaps at yoga etc or they listened to other people trying to describe it i was in the moment in time in the moment I just had my breath and me and some music and honestly I'm on this salt plane and I started I burst into tears and I haven't cried like that in my memory and for certainly two decades it was like it was the most beautiful freeing joyous strange experience I've ever had. It was being in the moment. It was like, honestly, it was orgasmic. I was in the moment. It didn't last the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I want to be clear about that. It was Mm -hmm. just, I don't know how long it lasted. Maybe it was 30 seconds it could have been. Mm -hmm. Could have been. Mm -hmm. Probably a couple of minutes. I don't know. It felt, but freaking hell, it was worth it, right? But here's the problem. So I get back, having had this moment. It was amazing. It was so amazing. And then my problem, then COVID comes. I get COVID. We all, quite a few of us did from that trip. That was pretty delirious. It went, you know. And I was okay at the beginning and fine. I like my own company and I'm in the house and plonking on the piano, looking at a beautiful piece of art that I've got by Robbie Walters. So that helps change the conversation there. Everything's good. It's fine. Teaching a bit of Tudor history dressed as Anne of Cleves. Um. But what I realise I'm trying to do is I, I want to get back there. Right. Isn't that, I need yeah. to get back. It's like if anybody's ever had therapy or had a beautiful conversation or a love affair, mm-hmm. that first, the kind of the strange emotional chemistry that's just like this, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in love, knowing that that's going to change and dissipate and grow into something else. But I wanted to get back. I was like, or if you have, have a moment in therapy and I don't... Well, you, have, you might have a 
And I say it can be in a conversation with a friend where you're, oh, and it's so like a breakthrough or a, something, an epiphany, whatever it is, it was that. And then about July, I decided I want to go walking in the Lake District because what I was trying to do, was my depression came back and mm. I wanted to get back. I was desperately trying to get back to that, mm -hmm. being in the moment. And I realised it was impossible because it was that one moment in time mm -hmm. and I needed the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. But what you said before helped me think about that because the reason I was able to get to that place Cutting out the noise. There was no noise. Yeah. Apart from the noise that I had chosen to be there, silent. It was, and it enabled this whole universe of stuff, um, which was a total gift. Except that when you've been in that extreme high, you then like, yeah. I've then had to work through going, <laughs> I want to go, you know, I, wanna, I want that again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. I want that. Well, yeah. why didn't that happen? Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was amazing. Well, thank you. No, thank you. Is there anything before we leave? Is there anything you want to say? Is there anything I you love want to your share? art. I want to share. <laughs> I want to share that, um, you know, um, Sadly, people can't come round to my house. You're not invited. I don't cook. <laughs> don't invite me to your dinner party. Do you make cocktails? Uh, yeah, I make cocktails. I come oh, to that. Yes. Now I'm into that. I do, I do cocktails and then take. I just I you know I know people enjoy cooking mm. and they're doing it and there's love in it and stuff. It's just like I don't want to eat your food because that's why restaurants are there, and because I because this is part of that conversation about being kind about it. Yeah. There's nothing more dispiriting than arriving at someone's house and go, "We've made fish." They're like, "Oh." God. <laughs> Note to self. Note to self. No, I just, no. I don't want to go. I, I like yeah. to be, if I like invited to someone's house, mm. I want to be invited into their kitchen. Yes. I don't, I don't want yeah. to be on the posh table because mm -hmm. then you don't get anything. I don't mm -hmm. want to be on the posh table. Mm. Anyway, the reason I say this is because you're never going to be invited to my house. But if you are lucky enough, <laughs> you will see at the centrepiece of uh, a collection of, you know, some seriousness, inverted commas seriousness, is a, a piece that Robert did now, probably coming up for 10 years ago, I think. Wow. Maybe more. Yeah, ten, more than 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and it is more than 10 years. Yes. I, um, Goodness. And I look at it every day um, and it changes all the time. And what's so fascinating is because of where it is now, mm -hmm. and there's a gallery upstairs, you sort of a gallery landing, is um, you can it completely changes mm -hmm. as to where and how you look at it, which is part of the reason I love your work, because of its texture and how it inevitably forces us to change perspective. It looks different every day. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Underneath it or oh. where the light hits on it or it can be, one day it can be rough. Mm -hmm. You can literally just see the roughness. You can see the edges. Some days it can be a sunrise if you look at it dead on. I've got a mirror on the other. I mean, genuinely, that's... And so Love that. it just makes you think about the texture of it in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. And people's reactions to it are fascinating as well. It's really, especially in terms of age. Right. And how they respond. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a, it's a, it's a, anyway, it's my favourite piece of art. And um, I'm sorry you're not invited. <laughs> Fantastic. But one day, when you have your retrospective, there'll be a little thing saying saying collection of but it will have no explanation that has uh this was the moment oh, yes. in Robbie Waters' life. 
when he was experimenting with the magical symbiosis between... Won't have any of that. They'll have, no. do you like it or not? You're allowed yeah. not to. Although don't come to my house if you do. What are you chat about? What are you chat about? What are you chat about? Thank you for listening. This podcast was produced by Viral Tribe. For more information about our work, please visit tribe.fm with two eyes. Sign up and join the podcast revolution!